listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. City Slam Wrestling Chicago Style brought to you by the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network and WindyCitySlam.com. My name is Chris Lanuti, joined on the line by Mike Pankow. Big guest today, so much to do. Thank you for joining us. We're an hour later than normal live, but don't worry about that. If you missed it and it showed up on demand, you can listen. You're still going to get this amazing interview that we have here today for you. Uh, that pushed the show back an hour. We just wanted to make sure we could get our guest on. They're big enough for it to matter, correct, Michael? Absolutely. I'm so pumped up for today's episode and uh, raring to go to get into this interview. All right. Well, do you want to introduce? You want to say who it's going to be, or you want to save it until we unveil it? Okay. So uh, I will go ahead and just introduce them right now. And we'll get right into you it. You want to jump right into ladies this? You're ready to. You're ready to go immediately. Is what you're telling me? Absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Carl Anderson, the Big LG, Doc Gallows, the Good Brothers. The event is this Saturday night, Turning Point, available on the Impact Plus app. And you guys, Carl and Big LG, uh, the Good Brothers, are challenging the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, for the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Talk about that match. Man, you know... Um, the North is somebody that we wanted to deal with for a long time. We, we heard a lot about them after we left where we were before. And so when we got the opportunity to step in the ring with them, man, we realized that they're good. They're really good and they're underrated. And, um, you know, to step in, in there on a stage like this, a turning point, um, you know, the impact tag team championships is something we wanted to, to hold for a long, long time. And so, uh, in our mind, it's like completing the cycle, man. We've had the, the New York titles, we've had the IWGP Japan titles, and now we want these. And so this is a big match for us, and we're pumped up about it. Absolutely. Ethan and Josh are just in absolutely amazing shape right now. Over the past few months, they've, they've, they're both cut. They've both trimmed some weight. What's it like to uh, face a team like that at the top of their game? Well, I think that it's a tribute to the ever-changing impact roster. Um, there was a great roster with a lot of depth, and then when Slammiversary hit, you saw a bunch of new faces, and you saw a bunch of heavy hitters debut in Impact Wrestling, and, and us being at the forefront of that, I think. And, and listen, it gets thrown around a lot, but, but, you know, the credentials are real. We are the best tag team in the world, so it's time to step up and show out, and this is a big opportunity for them, even as champions, to get in a ring with us on a stage like that and to have an opportunity like this. The problem is it's a magic killer of one, two, three, and we don't even need the two sweep. We're taking that hardware back home with us, and we're going to be the new Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. So you guys arrived in Impact around Slammiversary time. Uh, what is it like to compete with not only teams like the North, but also like the Motor City Machine Guns, and even a nice up-and-coming team like Ace Austin and Madman Fulton? You know, it's, um, it's something that we wanted to do. Like, I, I think at the end of the day... Uh, a dream match, big match is needed someday at a, at a big pay-per-view. 
uh, with the Good Brothers versus the Motor City Machine Guns. I think the fans want that. I think Impact Wrestling wants that. I know we want that. And to to be able to be in there with the team, you know, they're as you know they're as legendary as they are to be Impact to be Impact um, faithful. Um, we want to get in there and prove that we can beat them too. And Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, man, they're young, they're strong, they're good. You know, these kids are, you know, they got a, a really bright future, man. And like we said about the North, they're at the top of their game. But I think right now the Gallows and Gun, like, we're in, in our prime. And uh, I don't think anybody can stop us no matter what right now. It, it's great for us to be in the ring with guys that are in their 20s, that are up and coming, that are hitting their stride, they are athletically at the top of their game. Because we're your young veterans in this business. We've been around a long time, but like Carl just said, we are in our prime. So uh, I, there, there's not a better time, you know, for the fans and for the performers alike right now. It's a, it's a beautiful time of professional wrestling. All we need is the world to open back up, and I, I can promise you it's going to be gangbusters, man. Also, uh, Friday night, you guys, um, Talking Shopamania 2, and it's on pay-per-view and on fight. And uh, this is the second of a, a what seems to be a series of kind of fun, goofy events where you guys seem to let things all hang out and have fun with some of your friends in the business. Now, how did it all come about? Mike, how can you call a bowl for a ball match? <laughs> come on, now. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, talking Shop of Mania, we've been calling it an alternate universe, Rocky Romero kind of doing the chef, of course. That's exactly what it is. It allows us to enjoy what we grew up on, what we love about professional wrestling, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's satire. It's parody. We're not making fun of anything. Just laugh along with us. Well, maybe we are in the form of retribution, one of the new factions maybe on one of the new factions out of the three that we'll maybe be talking to Friday, November the 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Worldwide Pay-Per-View and on Pay-Per-View via the Fight App. Please join us. It's just fourteen ninety nine. So even if it's horrible, you're not going to be that proud of us. Nice plug. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, came, it came about out of, uh, we had just left WWE, right? And, like, it was the middle of this ridiculous, we're in the middle of this pandemic where, like, it just was the weirdest thing that any of us have ever lived through. And so we're all at home and we start writing this thing and thinking about this thing. And creatively, we started laughing and thinking, like, man, people need this in their lives. And then, you know, when people started buying it and we realized that people actually did want this in their lives, it was like, man, we got to do a part two. And now we're... We created this whole new universe, and like so now it's all about just having fun and telling the story and getting people invested in this ridiculousness where, where they can just sit back, have a cold beer or a Diet Coke or whatever you want, and just be entertained and just forget about your life for a second and become invested in, you know, the torturer and Chad Too Bad and Chico and, and Sex Ferguson and just kind of get lost in this fun and just enjoy it. So, obviously, you guys were in Japan for a long time, Carl longer than uh, Big LG, but what was it like working in Japan, and then was it culture shock for you guys when you first got there? You know, like, working in Japan is something I learned a lot. Like, you know, Rocky, I was, you know, really good friends with Rocky for a long time, and he taught me a lot about about the culture and about what it was like over there. So when I finally got the opportunity to get there and then became like a massive star there, it was one of the, like this, there's nothing like, there's nothing like being in Japan. It's like, Rock, is there a way to explain it? I mean, it's just, uh, you know, like the the culture is great. The people is great. The food is great. um, And the wrestling is really off the charts. You know, they they really, really take it, uh, their, their technique and their, and they're uh, uh, just the whole 
like, like wrestling world is just like super serious and and uh, the fans you know they, they they really follow it like with uh with a certain heart and passion that's uh not like anywhere else in the world and uh, they're just so supportive that they're wrestlers and uh you know it, it's pretty amazing i mean like just with the rise of the bullet club you know it's supposed to be this you know this it was a, a heel faction that kind of transcended wrestling you know all over the world you know uh, so you can just see how much detail how much passion goes into it is just like any other like uh you know japanese product that comes out of japan i can tell you like from the standpoint of like having a wrestling school and having a promotion and being around this for almost 20 years that every american born professional wrestler's bucket list is a japan run it's a new japan run and uh there's nothing like it it's it's, it's my favorite time of my whole career and i was the shortest out of all these guys and i know that, that carl feels the same way and we can't wait to get back you guys sign a multi-year deal with Impact, um, and obviously the tag team championship is something that you hope to accomplish. Is there anything else you guys hope to accomplish within the company? Oh, yeah. Give me Carl Anderson versus Eric Young and a world title made a bet on an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. I think we both feel like there's a lot we have to prove with singles guys. Um, if you go back and watch some of that G1 stuff and see Carl, big match Carl Anderson, there's nothing better. And, uh, and I feel the same way. I think there's so much untapped potential in us. Like I said, we're young veterans. We're, we're hitting our stride on our prime. So, man, I hope we're an impact for a very, very long time and put out some of the best matches we've ever seen. Yeah, I want to be there for a decade. Like, we're, we're working on a deal that sizes through 2030. So we're just trying to – we want to change the whole game, and we want to be with impact wrestling for a long time. And, and we want to go back to Japan, right? So we want to, we want to, we want to take impact into the – into the next millennium, and then we want to like we want to be able to go to New Japan, have New Japan Impact working together, and and that's our that's our main goal right now. Do you guys feel that Impact is giving you more of a chance to reestablish yourselves as badasses? Yep. Yeah, totally. We 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 played a character for a few years, and it kind of loses your sense of self a little bit. Now you're getting back to the Gallows and Anderson that got over the Gallows and Anderson. That or box office attraction, the gallows names and the people paid to see, and that, that's what's important to us. You know, there's always the entertainment value, right? Because if you, if you know Gallows and Anderson personally, you know that we're just, we do like to have fun. We like to tell stories and, and attempt to make people laugh. And, and, I mean, so there's always bits and pieces of, of reality in, in, in the fact that we can get in the ring and, and whoop somebody's ass. But outside of the ring, we do like to, I mean, we do like to make people laugh. So, like, you, you, get, you know, there's, there's, different facets of, of, of our character that we want to open up with that we want to open into as, as the weeks, as the weeks go by. So this question's for uh, big LG. Uh, what was it like to be part of such a hot faction and a hot storyline with aces and eights during your previous run with the company? It's funny. I've said in a lot of interviews, I'm <laughs> whether, you know, by, by fault or not, I've become a faction man from the straight edge society to the aces and eights to the Bullet Club, to the club, to the OC, I and mean, some of the best factions in modern professional wrestling. But it was an exciting time, man. Like, uh, Sons of Anarchy was a hot show at the time, but I, I just remember, you know, I'd already I'd already done the WWE stuff, and I'd worked with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of big-name heavy hitters and stuff like that I'd been fortunate enough to. But I got there, and there's Sting, and there's Hulk Hogan, and all these guys that I really grew up on and was a big, big fan of. And uh, getting to get in there and watch how they did business and, and working with those guys, having a singles match with Stinger on a pay-per-view when I was, you know, in my 20s, it was a huge deal for me. It was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, that faction, with laugh at it or not, it was it was pretty damn cool. I think that uh, had the office of 
TNA at the time, Impact Wrestling, whatever, been a little different, probably would have had a much longer run. However, leaving TNA and the Aces and Aces faction kind of crumbling led to me joining the Bullet Club, and it, it was the resurgence of my career and probably the reason why we're having this conversation. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. Awesome. Yeah, I've always enjoyed that storyline. I thought it was very polarizing. Um, it got some younger guys over, and it was really, really well done, despite some of the criticisms that other fans may have had for it. So I was so glad that you were able to kind of build off of that uh, big LG. Now, yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, like I said, I was fortunate to be there at the right place, right time, and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Awesome. Uh, now, is there anyone that you guys have bonded with during this run in Impact, whether it was guys you've worked in the past elsewhere or just guys you've just met since joining the company? Well, you know, I've, I, uh, I've had a relationship with, I, I know Alex Shelley for a long time, and I, I worked with him in Japan for a long time. and he's uh, So to be able to reconnect with him is always, on a personal level, is always pretty, it's always fun because he's a, He's a different cat. Is he's a he's a weird cat, but he's he's a good dude, and like he's 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 one of my favorite guys. I think he would say the same thing about me. But it's been kind of fun to reconnect and and with like Chris Saban. You know, I've, I've known these guys for a long time, and I've gotten to know Ethan Page, and like you know, he's a funny dude, a funny charismatic dude, and he's a good dude too. And Josh Alexander the same. And these guys are hardworking guys. They're just trying to make a name for themselves. And on the inside, they're good people and they're, they're hard workers. And uh, it's fun to be around a, a whole different crew. And, uh, you know, I, I love Eric Young, man. I've known him, you know, since our WWE stuff. But he's a, he's a really good dude, too, that needs, a, that needs a, a good run and deserves it. And Rich Swan's a good dude that, that uh, deserves a good run and, and is getting it. And it's, it's just fun to be around a lot of different people right now. Before we uh, wrap everything up here, I, I just want to ask you guys to go ahead and promote yourselves a little bit. Where can your fans find you guys on social media? Well, TNSmania.com, we're going to start directing everything through there. That's our website. website, website. Uh, <laughs> everything pop-related from, uh, from our podcast, which a new one drops every Sunday morning. We've had Big Bill Goldberg on there. Uh, it's, it's a fun podcast wherever you listen to podcasts from our, our bourbon to our beer to our wine to our live event appearances. Everything will be running through TNSmania.com. Please, please, please join us for Talking Shop of Mania Friday the 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern, and then Turning Point on the Impact Plus app Saturday night. And follow our socials. That's where all the updates are. That's where all the funny SX Ferguson videos are. Uh, at Azucar Rock for Rocky Romero. At Machine Gun KA for the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. And at the underscore Big LG for me, me, Doc Gallows. Doc Gallows, you covered it all there. Um, thank you, guys. Yep. Thank you guys so much, Carl, Doc, and Rocky Romero, who made a little special appearance, too. Thank you guys for being on today and talking to me. That's what he does. He does good little things. He's a little fellow. <laughs> I actually met Rocky at Warrior Wrestling uh, some months ago, too, so uh, good to actually talk to you again. Great. Good to talk to you, man. All right. Have a good day, guys. Take care. Thanks so much. Yeah, bro. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Solid. I enjoyed it. You know, it's kind of cool that uh, that they want to go to Impact for a decade. Like, rather than say, oh, I want to get back to WWE or I want to go and 
and and prove it a second time around. They're like, no, we did that. It's cool. We like doing our own thing going forward as long as we're together. Yeah, I mean, I think that these guys are very goal-driven. Um, they can go anywhere and be successful. But the fact that they're putting um, – their, their stock and impact. I mean, it's a company that's actually been around for almost two decades. It's not like a fly-by-night organization. I mean, they've had their ups and downs over the years, but the last two or three years, impact has been very, very solid. And obviously, the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, great addition to that company, great addition to that tag team division. So yeah, I really admire what they're doing. And Thanks a lot to to our special uh, cameo appearance by Rocky Romero, who is a as as you've heard a, a close friend, a longtime friend from Japan of the Good Brothers. So it's kind of cool to have a little extra voice in there as well. Uh, and I met Rocky back at Warrior Wrestling uh, back, I believe, last December, and he was in that part of that amazing electric main event there. Uh, with uh, Will Ospreay and such. So yeah, it was really cool to have them on. And uh, also one more thing before we move on, thanks so much to Ross Foreman, who is the PR guy for Impact Wrestling for allowing us the opportunity to have the Good Brothers. And check out WindyCitySlam.com later this week for a story as well. So I'm very excited about that. You know what I took from it that kind of stuck out to me listening to it for the first time? was when they were talking about the idea that they want a long-term deal that they're working out right now with Impact, but also that it would be as if Impact and New Japan Wrestling would start working together and they were going to be the bridge for it. Did you pick up on that? That seemed really interesting to me. I think that is definitely a goal uh, that they're working toward. Um, Obviously, they... um they have n- number of years experience in Japan with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And to see uh, some of those stars maybe interact with the Impact stars would be absolutely amazing. It would, it would improve both companies tremendously. It would help give Impact a little bit more worldwide exposure as well. So uh, I think that's a really, really good goal there. And I would love to see it happen. Those are the kind of things that makes Vince McMahon go, uh-oh. <laughs> Yes, that, it does. That could actually be a needle mover right there. That's very, very interesting. Yes. Um, this past weekend, uh, we had Power Entertainment's WrestleRage 18. Of course, last week we had longtime uh, local wrestler and promoter psychotic Jimmy Blaze on the show, and he we led up to that show, so I wanted to go ahead and run down some of the results and happenings from this past weekend from uh, Rome Poles in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Let's do it. Uh, starting off with longtime veteran wrestler Trevor Blanchard ends up winning the Zebra Kid Memorial Battle Royal when Jimmy Blaze um, decided to, like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and give Trevor a little bit of rub here. I'm going to eliminate myself, give Trevor the victory. All those guys were close with the Zebra Kid who passed away earlier this year, and uh, it was a really cool, touching moment there. So congrats to Trevor Blanchard. And if you're wondering, yes, he told me that he is related, in a way, to Tully Blanchard. So, uh there is actually a little bit of a relationship Which there. means there's, an out, there's a way that he's related to your girl, Tessa Blanchard. See? Uh, yeah, is, I think so. Of course, no. why you're so excited. It all comes back to her <laughs> with you, my friend. Of course it does. Tiny, the six foot twelve or seven foot tall beast, defeated Axel Abreu. Then we had GQ and Nikki Vendetta defeating Dysfunction and Pit Stain. Uh, the match that... Um, got Jimmy really excited. Two guys that he was really close with. Rough Crossing defeated Chris Cairo. And then the tag team title gauntlet, we had a new champion through this entire thing. Let me run down the result of this gauntlet. IPA defeated the tag team champions, the Plague, right away. So the Plague were out. They're gone. 
then BHC defeated IPA, and then it was Joey Ariola and replacement partner Joey Avalon defeating BHC. But BHC turned around, uh, beat up Ariola and Avalon, and then BMI, the Bruiser Mass Index, ran down, pinned Ariola to move on in the gauntlet. And then finally, BMI defeated the Revolution, and that means that BMI, Mike Idol, and Jamie Race, managed by Joey Roth and accompanied by Roxy, are your new POW Entertainment Tag Team Champions. So uh, that's a big deal, a new champions there. And another new champion, Max Holiday, defeated Scott Spade to become the new POW Midwest Champion. And in the main event, Paulie Tomaselli, a guy we talked quite a bit about with Jimmy Blaze last week, he comes through, but the, the main event itself changed a bit as uh, the champion, Tyler Sullivan, was a no-show, I believe, to some sort of medical reason or whatever. Uh, Paulie defeats Sean Priest and Kyle, or Kaizizzle, however they are pronouncing it, to become the new POW Entertainment champion. So good move there. I, like I said, I really enjoyed Paulie's work, longtime veteran in the area, and congrats to all the new champions coming out of POW Entertainment. All right. And uh, what do we got? Uh, anything else here local? Because I, I'm looking at a really crazy story out of the WWE this week between uh, Paige and uh, Alberto Del Rio. Did you see oh, that? That's crazy. I did not. No. Um, okay. Let's get to that in just a yeah, second. Yeah, let's get to your thing. I, wanna, just... I, I just want to make sure we cover this because it's just kind of coming out today. And uh, yeah. I want to get your thoughts on it. But go ahead. What else you got? Let me just uh, promote real quick. AAW Pro has their third show since coming back at 115 Bourbon Street. Again, it'll be closed off to the general public. It'll be on Fight TV. That's Thursday night, November the 12th. And in that show, you have Mance Warner taking on Hakeem Zane in an AAW Heavyweight Championship match. So Mance putting the title up there. And then you have the AAW Tag Team Championship rematch. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, who you may have heard me refer to earlier during the interview with the Good Brothers. They are the champions in AAW. They face the besties in the world. Best two out of three falls there. And then Trey Miguel, who is also the warrior wrestling champion and has a huge role in impact wrestling. He faces Steven Wolf. So that card is shaping up to be pretty solid and pretty strong. So I, and I also want to get into AEW's full gear in the last few minutes of our show because it was a heck of a show. But go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Paige and Alberto. Well, this is interesting. So uh, he got indicted down in Mexico. And I'm reading yeah, through the story mess. right here. And it's a mess. But he got indicted, a grand jury... Uh, actually, it, he got indicted in Texas. I'm sorry. He's a Mexico native indicted in Texas. One count of kidnapping, four counts of sexual assault based on allegations of abuse by a woman. This occurred in May. Now, Paige is coming out and saying that she would be stuck in a hotel with him for hours on end while he would just beat her. Ooh. And he's claiming that that isn't true. She would physically abuse him. Now, the two of them are both pointing fingers at each other, but this is coming out. And the first question I have to ask is, how is it in a community where all these people are traveling with each other and are sitting in hotel rooms basically next to each other where there's absolutely no way anybody could? How could that go on for months? These people were together for months and nobody noticed anything was wrong. That's crazy to me. You know, either the two of them are just it wasn't as bad as the two of them are saying it is or something really intense was going on between these two who were also putting their 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 relationship out in public on WWE television and nobody knows this is going on between the two of them 
That's insane to me, especially when you have doctors that are checking them constantly and bruises and stuff like that. How is that? How does that slip through? That's a, this could be a big black eye for WWE. It could be a big black eye for them. It could be a big black eye for wrestling in general. I mean, we we had earlier the uh, the movement earlier this year, a lot of uh, women's wrestling talent coming out and uh, making uh, telling their stories and stuff like that. And um, yeah, from the stories I've seen and read, I mean, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, but for certain, there were some stories that came out that did not make Alberto look good at all. And apparently there was a deal a few years ago in an airport where they started shouting at each other. And the relationship to me seemed toxic. And I'm so glad Paige is in a different place right now. Uh, she has a wonderful man in her life now. And hopefully, you know, she can put a lot of that in the past. But I, it, it's so sad to hear of any abuse and potential abuse and all that and it's it's a scary situation and, and, and i bet Paige on a couple of occasions great person great woman um makes you laugh anytime you see her so it, i mean i just hope everything's okay with her and um best of luck with her and yeah i just yeah, think i just think it's crazy that, that something could have been happening between these two for a long time that's that serious and nobody picks up on that even though the impression I get, maybe I'm wrong, but the impression I get is that these people are on top of each other nonstop. I mean, you're on top of each other nonstop. You basically live with this entire crew going from town to town and having mm-hmm. interaction with each other. I mean, in, in a normal workplace, eventually some kind of rumor would come out or something about it. The idea that I guarantee you the worst thing that's going to happen here is you're going to find out that if this keep gets, gets deeper and deeper, you're going to start hearing names of people you've heard of who they're going to be like, well, so-and-so knew. And you're like, well, what? Like, this could be the beginning of something really crazy that happened backstage at WWE. My friend, uh, I want to get off of this, though, because we only got a few more minutes left, and you want to talk AEW, and I know you want to, and I do as well. Go ahead. AEW Full Gear this past Saturday night on pay-per-view in Jacksonville. Great show. Probably one of the best shows they've ever done. I think it was improvement on All Out, which I thought was an up-and-down show. This, I thought, was Damn good, top to bottom. Main event, John Moxie retains the AEW World Championship. He defeats Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match. Hard-hitting, intense, hardcore-style match. And one of the uh, sickening things during the match was, uh, so Kingston throws Moxley into a bed of thumbtacks. And then shortly after that, Kingston pulls out a bottle of rubbing alcohol and starts dumping the rubbing alcohol on the back of Moxley's puncture wounds on his back. Ouch. I'm like, oh my god! Then Ooh. again, that could. Then again, it could be rubbing alcohol. It could just be water. They look the same. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like here's the thing: clear. if I were a wrestler, clear, we man. were gonna do that bit. I'd be like, can we just pour water on? And I'll just scream a lot. But you know, knowing these guys, they're all nuts. It probably was rubbing alcohol. Yeah, I know. Especially Moxie, he's a little crazy. And uh, Moxie's wife Renee on uh, Twitter. Uh, couple of uh, freaking out tweets during that match. So I feel a little bad for Renee. Uh, uh, and Renee, what did you get yourself into having a hardcore husband like that? <laughs> but wow. Oh, the same thing that it probably attracted her to him is now the thing that scares her the most. Welcome to most relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. But uh, there's obviously something that she sees in him that yeah. she really likes. Yeah, it so. was really cool. It was really cool at the beginning of the race relationship. This is the same thing my wife does all the way. Well. She goes, why are you the way you are? I was like, I was this way 20 years ago. You used to think it was hot. <laughs> we all go through this. It even happens to wrestlers. And in the semi-main event, we had MJF pinning Chris Jericho. 
So another big time loss for Jericho, but another elevation of a younger talent as well within that big time loss. So MJF looked really, really good in this match. And now he can join Jericho's inner circle along with his associate slash bodyguard Wardlow. So interesting to see the future interactions there. Will there be some sort of implosion with the inner circle? Because not everybody in that group likes MJF. See Sammy Guevara for details. But uh, yeah, it should be pretty interesting. Kenny Omega defeated Hangman Adam Page in the World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. So now Kenny Omega will have the next... uh, He's next in line for the big shot at John Moxley for the title. They wrestled about a year ago at Full Gear, and it was a crazy match as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they can replicate that. Darby Allen, speaking of guys, young guys that get put over by veterans, Darby Allen pins Cody Rhodes to become the new TNT champion. And I said Cody Rhodes because he's actually now using Cody Rhodes in AEW. So he actually won the rights to do it, and now he's using it. So it was a big surprise. Uh, Justin Roberts announced Cody Rhodes, the full name, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And... The plays popped, um, but Darby winning the match, Cody doing another enhancement, uh, bringing up a young guy in Darby, and uh, should be interesting to see how Darby's run with the TNT Championship uh, comes to be. And then the tag team match, probably the Young Bucks' best match I've ever witnessed in my in my um, my personal uh, liking of the Young Bucks. Um, sometimes I think some of their spots are kind of ridiculous, and it's just too much, but I thought they're beating FTR for the titles, the tag team championships, so the Young Bucks are now the champs. I thought that match with FTR was so well done. I mean, the styles clashed, but they clashed very well. It's one of those clashes of styles. It's really, really entertaining. And uh, hats off to both the Young Bucks and FTR for a great, great tag team match. I know the clock's ticking, so let me just run down real quick what happened elsewhere. Matt Hardy defeated Sammy Guevara in an elite deletion match, which was a cinematic match at Matt's spacious home in Camden, North Carolina. We also got cameo appearances from the Hurricane and Gangrel, which kind of cracked me up a bit. So very cool there. Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Orange Cassidy defeated John Silver of the Dark Order in a fun little match. And in a funny spot during the match, John Silver actually ripped off Orange Cassidy's pockets. So Orange couldn't do the whole thing where he puts his hand in his pockets and starts flipping around. So I thought that was kind of a funny touch. I mean, I don't know why nobody thought of ripping the pockets off before, but uh, good move by John Silver. But Orange Cassidy goes over, he wins the match. And in the pre-show, Serena Deeb, a recent addition to the AEW roster, and she's the new NWA Women's Champion. So she defended that title defeating Allison K. Excellent job, my friend. Solid show from you. Remember, folks, you want to follow up on anything that Mike and I talk about, check out WindyCitySlam.com. If you listen live, you've already heard the show, but if you missed any portion of it, it's up on demand very shortly, live at noon most of the time every Monday, and then on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Have a great week. You're screaming because my name, I love